today on Man Overboard, we're joined by Dave, Blue Van Man. Thank you so much for joining. It's massively appreciated. I thought we'd, we'd jump straight into things. I know we spoke a little bit in the past um, and recently you've moved, well, not so recently, but pretty recently you've moved into being a full-time YouTuber. I just wondered how you were finding that so far. Is it what you expected? Are you still enjoying everything as much? Um, yeah, I'm a full-time YouTuber, but we have actually got something else that's um, paying the bills as well. Uh, we had something lined up to um, also bring an income in. And one day that might come out about what it is. But, um, yeah, it, YouTube full-time, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I'm no longer working on a Sunday morning, a Saturday morning. Uh, I'm no longer doing 12-hour shifts. It's it's great, you know, and my body seems to have gone, ah. <laughs> yeah, much more relaxation, I'd imagine, when, when you're doing that instead of working on a Saturday. I can't imagine much worse, to be fair. Yeah. So have you got any upcoming projects, any YouTube videos you're working on, any any bigger things, or is it just the, the usual day of content to look forward to? Uh, um, I'm actually taking... I've, I've, I bought my daughter a little mini car, and I've taken the, the roof out of that because the, the linings come away. Uh, so I'm actually doing that at the moment, uh, making that into a video. Um, no, I think it's just me plodding along. I, I mean, if you've watched my videos, I've gone a little bit more um, political uh, kind of thing. I, I, I just couldn't keep eating the amount of calories <laughs> and the rubbish food that I was doing. Uh, and, you know, because you eat that much, it's, it's not healthy for you, is it? So I, no. I've tried to go a little bit of a different way. People like it or they don't like it. It's you know. <laughs> so would you would you say that uh, it it's something that you miss now that you've moved away from it being healthy, or is it is it something that you feel has made a positive change on your on your life in that way? What not eating the food too much? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, moving away from that kind yeah, of content. Um, to be honest, I'm, th- this is the thing that winds me up a little bit. I mean, I don't know. Well, I do get wound up. Uh, some of it's an act as well. Um, but I always got called a, a, a food reviewing channel, and I'm, I can't. I'm, I'm not a food reviewer. Yes, I review. I review food, but I review life. I feel, you know, my first um, video was Harry's razors, and then I think my second one I was cleaning the conservatory roof. But I just accidentally fell into food as such, mm. and ate quite a lot of it. But. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, food's quite a food's quite a good one, isn't it? Because a lot of people love to hear about the takeaways and stuff. Yeah, but, it's, yeah, the takeaways are the takeaways were okay, but I've, I I don't know. I think I've got a little bit more to offer than just eating food. So. Oh no, no, I completely agree, mate. It's good to diversify the content, no matter what. In that way, then whenever you do do any like extra food videos on top of stuff, people will be excited about that, and it'll mean there's more excitement around your other videos as well. I also know that you seem to have built quite a few friends through YouTube. Um, I know, like Scott and Wonder, you do a lot of videos with them. I just wondered, I asked Robbie the same thing, but what do you think about the YouTube community as a whole? I know your comment section is usually really positive, a lot of support. YouTube, the, I mean, I've, I've just been watching your video with Robbie. I've been trying to cram it in by doing other things as well. So I put my earpods in and I'm walking around listening to you like. Um, Robbie has, the, the thing with Robbie is, Robbie's a very nice man. And yeah, he's I would great, absolutely so. find anybody, who, you know, I don't think you can find anybody who hates Robbie or dislikes Robbie or whatever he does. Robbie's a, a very, very nice man. Um, I'm a little bit more opinionated. Um, 
I do like to voice my opinions and the, to be, I'll be honest with you, the YouTube world, the YouTube community, if you don't fit in in certain areas, it's quite toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had uh, problems in the past with YouTubers who I've done things with and now I don't want to do anything with. And it's, you know, it's very backbiting or backstabbing or whatever in the background. You know, it's, it's not all... YouTube is not all wonderful. People see you doing a video and all that. It's not that. It's not that nice, to be fair. Um, and sometimes I actually regret getting into YouTube. So. Oh really? Right. I'm 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 surprised by that. I know there's there's a lot of trolls online and a lot of hate that does fly around from time to time as well. Of course, that's one of the negative sides of it. And I think I think something that you find is that, like you say, now that you've you, you've moved into your more, you know, if you start to give your opinion on certain topics, you will then argue, you're going to find the people that then don't agree with you, along with the people that do. But you're going to find you're going to get a lot of people that also then start to go, "Hang on a minute, I don't quite agree with what this man's saying." Yeah, I think the thing is when I do these, because I, I, I used to call them a rap because I, I did used to go off on one. And it, when I look back at them, I'm quite embarrassed by... Well, not embarrassed, but I can think to myself, oh, Dave, you've lost it now. You look like a raving lunatic. Um, so now I've decided to calm down and call them a let's discuss because my idea is, is that people watch the video and then they, like, go away and think about what I've said and mull it around in the heads and think, yeah, I agree with him on that, but I don't agree with him on that. Because when I when I do one of these Let's Discuss videos, I actually have an argument with myself. I'll try and look at it from all points of view. And um, that's all I'm aiming for on these videos, is that I just want... I don't want people to believe everything that the government and the media tell us. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's fair enough. It's better for it to be an open debate and for people to to form their own opinions on things, for sure. Yeah, it is. And that's that's all I want to do. I don't want to fall out with people. I don't want to argue with people. I just want people to think. I've actually, I've been watching Russell Brand and he obviously is far more intellectual than me. He uses far bigger words than I ever do <laughs> in the camp. But um, he does the same. And it, it's great to see. You know, I watch quite a lot of these uh, YouTubers now who give a different opinion, who make people think. So... No, yeah, that's completely fair. Yeah, um, I also I also know that we kind of spoke before this, and I know you've been through some struggles yourself in the past with with just life in general, debt and stuff, um, going through a hard time there. I wondered if you had any advice to anyone, or if you wanted to just kind of recap that story. I know a lot of people probably going through something like that, or that may go through something like that in the future, would probably find a bit of advice on that really helpful. What, my 35 grand in debt? Yeah, like, well, maybe just give a little bit of a backstory for anyone that doesn't know, for anyone that's um, maybe not seen the videos. Well, what happened was, um, back in the day, uh, what, I inherited a bit of money. Uh, not a lot of money, but enough money for me to have been sensible with, that I wasn't. Um, and I spent it, and it was like, imagine a bowl of sugar, and every time you use a spoonful of sugar, it's disappearing. Mm-hmm. And I spent quite a lot of money. I bought a Ford Explorer, so that was economical, weren't it? Four litres of bloody... <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. with the gas prices these days. <laughs> yeah, but this was back in the day when you could afford it. Anyway, and, yeah. and basically I just spent all my money. Um, then I, I got some credit cards, I run some debts up, and I, I ended up like 35 grand in debt. And yeah. the wife didn't know about it. In fact, to be fair, I think when you actually look back at it, it was probably more than that. And... Uh, 
yeah, I was trying to keep it away from the wife. I was trying to keep the family afloat. I was trying to take us on holidays. I was trying to live the normal lifestyle without the hassle of telling my wife because I basically let them down. I let my family down. I got us into debt. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I, it was just one of them things where I couldn't get out of it. Uh, then I was listening to Radio 5, and they did this uh, thing where people were in debt, and there's a company called the CCCS, and you phone them up, and they basically manage the debt for you. They, You write down who you owe money to, and then they, you tell them how much you earn a month. They then take a percentage out of that wage to pay everybody off, and then they leave you enough to, for, to live on and to tax your car, to insure your car. They also make you make sure that you save some in case of repairs for your car and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if anybody has got debt and they're really, really struggling and they don't know which way to turn and they are actually thinking of dropping out of a loft, um, phone the CCCS. They will help you no end. They, because what happens is these companies that are chasing you for money are no longer allowed to chase you for money. They have to go through the CCCS. And it was, it was a, a godsend. And I don't even believe in God. So, I, yeah. I imagine it's a great weight lifted off your shoulder once you stop receiving all the calls and, you know, the letters through the door and oh, you, know, yeah, you end because, up with all the texts. You know, the letters were coming through the door and I was fortunate that I was the only one opening the letters. And uh, anyway, I've been made redundant uh, and my wife thought that I'd got a job interview. So she opened the letter because she was all excited and found out that I was like 35 grand in debt. So, yeah, I can I can imagine the argument that day wasn't wasn't very good, uh, but yeah, the, it, there wasn't an argument as such because I just ran away. I went and sat in the co-op car park for two hours, wondering what I was going to do. Right. Um, but anyway, the wife was there. She she supported me. She wanted to know everything that had gone off. She thought I'd either got some kind of drink or drugs or gambling or prostitute problem. Uh, none of them. It was just an amount of debt that was built up that I couldn't sustain. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't pay it back. And uh, I was making minimum payments on credit cards. And it, it, it just gets to you. And I can understand blokes now who are struggling, who are trying to, you know, they've got these wives, these trophy wives. And June's not a trophy wife. You know, she doesn't want the best. She's a very easygoing girl. She just wants, you know, things to be paid for. But I'm sure these blokes out there who's got women who want the latest dresses, the latest this, the latest that, they go out with the friends, they go out and have meals. And blokes are struggling to keep up. You know, they're yeah. working all the hours God sends. Um, they they want to go on holidays and that, and they can't do it. And they, they, they just feel, it, it does make you feel like you've let the, your family down. But I will also say I've never struggled with mental health. Although I felt right. like I let the family down, I've never been to the stage where I've thought that's it or anything like right. that. Well, so. well, that, that's one positive then. And obviously it's amazing that you've made it through that period of life as well. But I do know what you mean, especially like maybe with men in general, the image that's portrayed that people could easily start to build up debt and, and think that they have to be spending all that money and, and to support their family or to support other types of lifestyles. And then it can quickly get on top of you. Well, this is the problem. It's it, The thing is, it's like nowadays, um, there's so much marketing to make you spend money, to buy the latest phone, to buy the latest tablet, to buy the latest car, to buy the latest watch. It's, it's just ridiculous. And 
the, the media and the, the, the advertising and everything has got a large part to say on this. But then what will happen is when something goes wrong, the media are all there saying, oh, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. Then the next day, it's by this, it's by that. There's no, there's no common ground. There's no common sense of anything. Just- yeah, I mean, I think like regulations are starting to be made around like advertising and, and what can be advertised, how often and to who and stuff. But I agree, it's a bit of a rogue territory at the minute, especially online. Like, of course, there's there's the older methods of like TV and, and flyers and radio and stuff. But I feel like online marketing is probably one of the biggest ones. And that's what I work in. With, so With it being so yeah, targeted <laughs> these days as well, it's it, it feels like it's almost they're advertising directly to you as opposed to a broad advert on a television program. You're now getting advertising that are directed to what you've been looking at and what you've been searching for, at which point you go, oh, actually, no, that, you know, I could, I should buy one of those. And then you're down the rabbit hole then. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the company that you work for, I think your advertising is bang on because it's not in your face all the while. You you, you update and you let people know when there's something new coming out, but your company doesn't ram it down your throat. Yeah, true. You have got quite a good advertising uh, situation with your company, um, but you're right. It's just everything. Everything's got to be had today. Back in the eighties, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't obviously there weren't so many phones. There weren't so many luxuries to have. But you know, it's it. I don't know. It's yeah. One of them no, no, I, I know what you mean. I completely it's agree. Regulating. Yeah, um, I think we should switch up to a little bit of a lighter topic. Anyway, this is a question that I ask everyone that comes on the podcast, um, and it's for your dream festival. So, pretty much, uh, just like three headliners. If you could have a dream festival that can be alive or dead, and you can have three people to headline, let's say on on three days, who would you pick? Um, well, in excess, I've seen in excess about eight times. I actually got the honour of meeting the band. They did a secret wow. gig in London once with the BBC. And they had 200 tickets, and me and my mate, uh, Rob Burton, God bless him, he's no longer with us because he had pressure and, you know, um, but me and him went down and we, we actually waited outside the, the studios where they recorded the uh, secret gig and we met Michael Hutchins. It was the same morning when Michael Hutchins met Paulie Yates on the big breakfast on that bed and that special day. Um, right. uh, so I'd have in excess... I would then have Oasis. I went to oh, yeah. see them at Sheffield. Oh, late nineties, I think. Uh, with my mate Wuffy, uh, we had a great night there. And then I think I'd probably go with Blur or something like that. Ooh, yeah, good they, choice. They, you know, the, oh, I tell you what, probably actually Wham. I know that oh, sounds yes. boring. But no, 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 wow. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, lot, yeah, a lot of hits. You've got a few different vibes there. I just uh-huh. want to say as well, I'm really jealous of the fact that you got to see Oasis. Like, since I've been, well, since I've been going to gigs, they've not even been together anymore. I've seen Liam Gallagher before when he headlined Leeds Fest, not this year in like 2015, but if yeah. Oasis got back together, I'd, yeah, I'd for sure it's want to be there. The, do you imagine, can you imagine, let's face it, they'll get back together again one day. Got you would think it. so. And they imagine, they'll feel neck with that about eight nights in a row. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. yeah, like the, the amount of money that they'd bring in from doing that, they'd kind of be silly not to do it. Even if they hate each other, they should just do it for a week and they'd make millions. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. never speak to each I'll, other again. <laughs> I've one of those perspex screens up against them, not for the COVID, but for the just keep them away from each other. <laughs> yeah, to stop them scrapping. <laughs> yeah, that would be quite funny. But no, you got some class choices there. It would be quite funny to see Oasis and Blur headline the same festival. That, yeah, I'd yeah. love that. 
Yeah, so, I really like gorillas as well. Would would you would you say when when you met in excess and you know you spoke to them and did you have a little interaction with them and so on and so forth? Did you did you find that they were uh, how you expected them to be in person? Yeah, they were drugged up. Right, they were yeah, spaced yeah. out. They were gone. <laughs> Completely uh, away with what? it. I gave uh, Gary Gary Beard, uh, Gary Beard, he tried to sign me autograph with the pen upside down. <laughs> you thick twat, you've got it upside down. It was brilliant. Amazing. So, yeah, it, it was <laughs> just how rock and roll stars should be. So, mm-hmm. No, that's class. Yeah, that's kind of exactly what you'd expect. And yeah. it's a great memory as well. Yeah, I know you also used to be, I'm not sure if you are anymore, um, but I know you used to be quite a big fan of the WWE uh, and wrestling in general. Actually, I thought we could throw it back to maybe some of your favourite old school wrestlers, like, you know, like the Stone Cold era, the Rock era, I'm guessing that. Because I, I used to be a massive wrestling fan for a bit of background. Like when I was younger, I used to have like a Facebook page about wrestling and stuff. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to see, hear who some of your favourite wrestlers are. Um, well, you, to be fair, you've mentioned it. I, I, I honestly, I can't see it's stone cold stone cold is most of my passwords have got 316 in them Uh, has got 316 in it because uh the guy was just even when he was a heel he was good even when he was a face he was good um i just stoked i've I've actually had some of his beer because i've had it over you didn't i and um i got some sent over from america and um it was a bit citrusy. Uh, right. But yeah, Dave and citrus don't mix well. I'd have drank it. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, Stone Cold was just... It, it's the fact that he'd go into Vince McMahon and do what a working-class bloke would do to his boss. He mm-hmm. just gave that vibe of, yeah, I want to hit you over the end with a bedpan. Yeah, 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 the classic. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, I feel like back then as well, wrestling was very different in the sense of now. There's obviously no secrecy about it when someone's returning. Everyone knows how set up and scripted it is. I know everyone knew that it was scripted back then, but I felt like wrestling probably seemed a lot more real and a lot more realistic back in like they, the Stone Cold era. They used to do a lot of of keeping the wrestlers apart from each other. Even yeah. when they were fighting, they'd keep the wrestlers on separate floors of hotels if they were arguing with the and like if that's what the the drama that they were putting on was then the public would also think the same thing. And I think they, they've lost a lot of that these days. Yeah. yeah they have. have you seen that? I was watching TikTok the other day and um, Jerry the King Lawler had a fight with, is it Jonathan Kofiman or something like that? Right, yeah, I think he's one of the, he's not one of the, he's one of the ring people or something, one of the ring announcers. I think he's an actual actor. I think just a oh, build right. up. And I think he on something like the David Letterman show and the, I think the story goes is that Jerry the King apparently hurt his neck, but it was they built up real hatred and they didn't realize that the public thought, oh God, this is real. But they didn't, they were the only two actually in on it. And apparently, this Jonathan or John Kofiman or whatever his name, some American actor, um, he said that his sons hated Jerry the King Lawler because they thought he actually hurt his neck and he didn't. It was just all an act. Oh, wow. But look it up. Jerry Jerry uh, uh, Lawler and this Jonathan or John Kofiman or somebody, some actor in America. Um, right, yeah, I'll have a look into uh, it. Brilliant. Yeah, I remember when I was like majorly into wrestling, Jerry the King Lawler had a heart attack, like live on Raw. And then like he managed, because it was obviously there's so many medical people there. Uh-huh. He, he luckily survived. But I think that's like one of those situations, you know, like when someone has a heart attack at a football match, in a way, there's probably not a better place you could have one because you're already surrounded by like ambulances and medical professionals. 
Yeah, because Dolph Lundgren did. Did he do the elbow drop on him sort of like ten times in a row, and he put his heart out to riddle? No, I'm not. No, I think I don't. I, I, yeah, it might have been something that was like underlying, but I think when he actually had the heart attack, it was like when he was on the announcement team. It wasn't yeah, in a match. Because what he used to do, he used to come out, do the announcement, then he'd go and wrestle in ten. Yeah, he was having some heat with Dolph Lundgren, and he had a match against Dolph Lundgren in the tag team. Because I, I remember watching it, it's like the commentary went on silent. And uh, I think Dolph Lundgren used to do this thing where he used to hit you on the chest, uh, elbow your chest, get up, do you again. And it was like his little signature move. And I don't think he's ever done it since. Right. And um, yeah, I think he, Jerry the King went back to the uh, announcement booth and uh, had a heart attack because he oh. sent his heart out to regularity. He sent his heart wrong. <laughs> yeah, that'd be bad if that's the case. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what was happening prior to him having it. But yeah, did you manage to see uh, Logan Paul's match at WrestleMania by any chance? Yeah, I've seen bits of it. Um, I thought he did quite well, to be fair. Yeah, I thought he was actually was really good. Like, I was a little bit worried about it. But yeah. out of the celebrities that have matches at WrestleMania, I think he was one of the better ones. Yeah, I think he'd actually got a potential to be a wrestler. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he's in so many different fields now. I'm not sure he ever will. But yeah, <laughs> I think he could if he wanted to. Like, I don't know how much money they'd have to pay him for it to be more than he's already earning Definitely. is the problem. Yeah, that's well, the issue. I'd, I'd, I'd pay him more than Dolph Lundgren. I know that. Oh yeah, he he may as well he may as well retire now. What do you think about the current state of WWE in general, though? The more like PG era stuff. Do you ever watch it still? Do you keep up with it a little bit? Or um, I don't watch it to be fair because I'm, I'm. Do you know what? By the time you pay for Sky, BT, and anything else that you want to watch, you're paying out a small fortune. And uh, I've stopped watching. BT Sports, uh, because I just I'm just refusing to pay for stuff now. It's like they've got you by your, your nuts and they're just squeezing everything out of you that they can. So um I catch up on it on TikTok and uh, YouTube. And um I think the, the WWE, I don't know what it is with Vince, he just seems to get rid of anybody that don't fit his criteria. And I do actually think he's killing wrestling in the WWE. So yeah, I think it's a weird one with wrestling because I kind of I, like I thought the same thing for a little while, but then last year the wrestling industry made more money than it's ever made in history, and that was without a lot of touring, without a lot of the live shows where they make a lot of the money. So at the same time, I think it's getting worse, but maybe it's just because like I'm not a fan of the wrestlers that are there now. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, the wrestlers that are now maybe potentially bigger to the younger audience that yeah. may be watching them than the ones that back in the day. Yeah, that's But true. then again, also everything is going up in price. So maybe their increase of earning money is just everything else being inflated to ridiculous prices as well. I think they signed a massive sponsorship deal, though, didn't they, the WWE? I think they signed it just before COVID and that. And I think that's why it made them look so good. I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the profits and everything will be, you know, in the future because I don't know it, it, I, wrestling's disappointing there's no characters in it anymore to me mm-hmm. yeah they don't spend as long building the characters up um, I know that they're doing the first pay-per-view in the UK for 30 years as well yeah. uh, in September and I actually looked at getting tickets uh, the other day because I thought like, I've been over to America before to watch it For I've been to Wrestlemania a few years ago I think when I was like 14, 15 but um, I looked at tickets for this one in Cardiff and for like half decent seats. So imagine you're like on the first tier of the stadium, like not even close to the ring really, and you'd barely be able to see it. They were still like 260 quid each, which is just ridiculous. 
see, this is this is the problem I'm having with wrestling. This is the problem I'm having with football as well because they're just stupid prices. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I do feel like it's starting to price out like everyday working people in a lot of aspects. Now, as you said, with Sky and BT, I think I saw a calculation um, a few weeks ago. If you wanted to watch every like televised Premier League game throughout the season, it'd cost you like 220 quid now because you need Amazon Prime, you need BT Sports, mm-hmm. you need Sky Sports, which are all individually like really expensive for a full year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've stopped watching Leicester this year as such because one, it's because... My daughter, who I used to go with, um, she works on a weekend and it's hard for her to get the time off. And when Lester are at home, she's at work. It was a bit how I was when I used to work. But the thing is, it's just getting ridiculous to take your kid down. If you've got a th- two or three kids and it's like 25 quid a ticket and then they want drinks and then they want feeding and then they want you've got to park your car, then you've got to travel there. You- you're looking like £200 a bloody just for three hours of entertainment people can't afford it yeah completely i know what you mean i've got um i've got a lead season ticket for next year and i think we're probably going to go down now as well but it won't make the season ticket any cheaper i've already paid for it so despite us getting relegated it's still the same cost which is like 600 quid for me for a championship team is just ridiculous absolutely how much is it? How much are the Leicester games, Dave? Out of interest, I have. How much are the Leicester games generally for tickets? I think. Well, like I say, I've not been this year because one, I wasn't prepared to show a certificate that I'd had an injection, uh, so that knocked that on the end. I worked. That was my little protest. Um, and then by the time it was coming around, like I say, my daughter had got a work, got a job, but I think it's about thirty, thirty-five pound a ticket. So. I think it's £32 a ticket. So, right, yeah. I mean, I mean, compared to some clubs, like I know Arsenal and Chelsea and stuff charge ridiculous prices. That's not that's not unbelievably expensive. But for, for most people, that's still like three or four hours working. And, and, and again, you're saying if, if you're going to take the whole family unit with you, yeah. you're then multiplying that £32 by, you know, four or five. And at that, you, you come into unmanageable prices then at that point. That's maybe a once every three month treat, not a once every week down to the football grounds. You know, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. I think Leicester have put their season ticket up by £20 because they were saying on Twitter, excuse me, um, they were saying on Twitter how, what a great club. I mean, also the chairman's just donated a million pounds to um, the heart unit at uh, the Leicester Royal Infirmary for kids with heart problems. So he's just gave them a million pounds. Um, so to be fair, we have got good owners down Leicester. You know, they are second to none. So. Yeah, I do see a lot of positivity coming out of there, especially since the accident a few years ago. That was that was awful as well. I can only imagine as a Leicester fan, like that must have been pretty personal in a way. If you've been going down to the ground on a regular basis, seeing well, the yeah, owners. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 when it happened, I texted me down and says, "What the hell's happened?" Because I don't know. Because uh, I think they just played West Ham, and it was on the telly. And I was at work that night, and I've got back well that afternoon. I got back, and um, all hell broke loose, and yeah, it just. It was shocking. It really was, really, really was a terrible... Not, I think it wasn't just terrible for Leicester City. I think it was terrible for most fans because most fans had got a connection with Leicester the year they won the champion at the Premier League. Um, most supporters wanted Leicester to win. And um, I think, you know, the, the plucky underdog thing. And I think he hit football quite hard that day, so... 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. I remember seeing it everywhere and like it was certainly part of the conversation in, in my friendship group up in Leeds and every football fan was like feeling really awful about it, to mm -hmm. be fair. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. It's one of the worst things that's happened in football in, in many, many years. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm not comparing it with Hillsborough or anything like that. Um, yeah. But it, it was a shocking, and uh, I think it, that was it, the shock of a multi-millionaire, you know, a billionaire flying up in the air and he's, car this helicopter just crashing like a car kind of thing you know it's terrible so yeah horrible horrible i know as well um at one point didn't you meet um jamie vardy i managed to present him with the player of the month award what was that like i bet that was a crazy experience <laughs> that was the year where my life really went stupid because um elliot who you know uh yeah he, looks after me kind of thing and um, he went through my emails and he just went into the spam folder for some reason don't know why he went in the spam folder and um, got a message from EA Sports saying would you like to present um, Jamie Vardy with his player of the month award and like what a stupid question that is <laughs> yeah of course so I yeah I went down and met him at um, the training ground in Leicester and uh, presented him with his trophy and it was uh, you know I, I feel a bit of a fraud as such because uh, because the way my life has taken me, you know, with my debt, I had to stop going to Leicester. You have to prioritise what you spend your money on. And there's bigger and better Leicester fans out there than me who really should have been presenting that trophy. But hey-ho, there you go. Yeah, you've, you're certainly not going to turn down an opportunity like that. Oh, Did you get to chat to him a little bit? What was, what was he like in person? Because I know... Do you know what? He was just like one of the lads. Uh, he wasn't big-headed. Um he was just like, he come up to me, all right, big man, how are you? Thanks for doing this. And, you know, just a decent bloke. Um, he then, they were trying to, uh, the, the bloke who was here at EA Sports, FIFA World Cup or FIFA, something or other. And the bloke says to Jamie, do you play it? Do you play FIFA? And he says, why? Why do I want to play it? He says, well, do you play it? You know, it's like a popular game. He says, I play football for a living. I actually play it. Why would I want to play this? You know, I thought, I looked at the lad who asked him the question and I went, he's got a point, isn't he? And he went, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I imagine if I was playing football all day, I wouldn't want to come home and play fake football. I, I think I think it's always nice to find out, though, that, that um, there are people in, you know, these positions of, you know, fame and fortune that are still down to earth and very level-headed and haven't let it all, you know, go to their head and they've become pompous and such. Yeah, I, well, I met him for, what, 20 minutes and... He wasn't big-headed. He wasn't up himself. He wasn't, I'm the big arm. He was just like, just one of the lads kind of thing. And that was that was really good. You know, he could have been big-headed. He could have been. And he, let's face it, he's got every reason to be big-headed, but he wasn't. He was just a real decent chap, so... No, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I know you said you've not watched Leicester much this season, so feel free. We can skip this question if you want. I no, just no, I've to... watched some of it. I've watched some of it. Um, I think the defending has been absolutely atrocious. I don't know what the hell's gone on. Um, that's if you wanted to ask me anything about Leicester. Yeah, no, I was I was actually like, I had a few questions really, but I think the main one for me, like as, as a football fan, when I've looked at Leicester and kind of, I, they've kind of fallen apart a fair bit this season, in my opinion, like where they're going to end up finishing in the table. And I was just wondering, like, what do you think of Brendan Rodgers? Do you think you should keep him on or is it about time for him to go? Well, I found out the other day he's on £10 million a year. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that is, that's astronomical. Now, he's not a £10 million a year manager at the moment. Now, I will say we brought in Patterson Dacker. 
and I was hoping for big things off him. He's not hit the ground running. Yes, he's done it in Europe. No, he's not done it in the Premier League, really. Um, Jamie Vardy in his first year, although he was only a million pounds, he had to acclimatise to the Premier League. So perhaps Dak has got to take a year, 18 months to get ready. I think if you, I can't remember how much you paid for him, but I know it was a stupid amount of money. He should be ready. Johnny Evans has been injured. Uh, we've certainly missed him. Vardy's been injured. I don't think Madison's been doing the job again. One minute he'll do he'll play brilliantly, outstanding, should be in the England squad. Then the next week, he just doesn't do it. He's too inconsistent. Uh, we have had quite a few injuries. It's not the team a bit. And I'm hoping that we can get some decent signings over the summer. And don't do this thing about signing people like, you know, the third week into the season and stuff. I want them signed at the beginning of the season. I want them gone away for training, uh, gone away on holiday, get back for training and get this bloody defending sorted because the amount of goals that we've conceded in bloody corners and set pieces is just downright embarrassing. You know, it's probably about 20 points. We could have been challenging for the Premier League, uh, the uh, Champions League. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I know what you mean as well about Madison. I feel like he is one of those players that's very hot and cold. In fact, whenever I've watched Leicester games this season, I know Vardy's been out a lot of the season, which is kind of concerning considering he's still the top scorer as well, um, like with, with 10 goals and he's been injured for half the season. Um, but I've, I've noticed Harvey Barnes seems to be kicking on and doing quite well this year. Yes, he's, he's and he's filling out as well, isn't he? He's actually getting the upper body strength to push people off. He's quick. He can read the game. He wraps his foot around the ball and can bend it in. Yeah, Harvey Barnes is, you know, brilliant. And Dewsbury Hall, I think he's... He, it amazes me that you can go and spend 20, 30, 40 million pounds on a player and you've got one sitting in your racks playing at Luton. <laughs> Yeah, that is, it is a little bit strange. But to be fair, given this season at Leeds, like we're probably going to get relegated now. It's I feel like this is probably way. a good time to talk about this actually, just like in general, because I'm not going to do a whole podcast on my own team getting relegated because I don't want that type of anger going out <laughs> on the channel. But like from a Leeds point of view, we were in a position in January where we knew that our three most expensive and most valuable players were all injured and we didn't sign anyone. I think we signed Dan James when we actually already had three wingers. Mm-hmm. Which was yeah, I couldn't understand that. I used to do a thing called BBM Talks Championship. Yeah, and one of them was a Leeds fan. So when Leeds went up to the Premier League, I've got one who was a Forest fan and one who was a Derby fan, and it just didn't seem to knit quite well. Plus, obviously, with the COVID restrictions, you couldn't around and meet anybody. And I couldn't work that out because I sent him a message and I said, "Like, what's going on? Why Leeds signed anybody?" And he was like going absolutely up the wall about it because I don't know I don't know why, why they haven't signed anybody yeah, as a Leeds fan, it was it was pretty insulting, to be fair. I think that my problem with Leeds at the minute is as well, like we're seen as a very big club and we always sell out the ground every single game. We have like the fourth or fifth high, no, well, we're in the top 10 shirt sales in the Premier League. We're probably not higher than any of the top six, to be fair. But we just haven't seemed to invest in that Premier League squad. And it also led to Bielsa um, getting sacked. Yeah. But that was purely because we didn't buy any players. Bamford was injured, Phillips was injured. We knew that and we just decided not to sign anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it because Leeds have been like pretty much how Leicester were. You know, you went down to Division One, you come up, down, up, down, and then getting on the brink of, you know, the the thing with the Villa game and throwing the ball back and letting them score a goal and all that shit. And then it's like you've had two years and it's like Leeds 
the money men up there have gone, oh, well, there we go, let's go back down to the championship, parachute payments, we'll be all right. And he's thinking, what are you doing? Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying about Leicester having such good owners and the fact that you appreciate them. Like, I think the Leeds owners did a fantastic job of getting us up, but didn't really think long-term. And the, the problem is Bielsa was getting great football out of realistically championship-level footballers. Mm-hmm. So now that he's gone, the new guy's actually done all right. I think he's, he's pretty decent. But if we somehow manage to stay up, which is like very, very unlikely at this point, then I feel like we'd actually need to spend... A, huge amount of money in the summer to have any chance of staying up again next season. Yeah, I suppose the thing is, when you're in the Championship, you can just get Premier League players on loan, can't you? A lot of them, the problem is, because like Leeds is is quite far up north, like a lot of players that are in London, because like especially Chelsea send a lot of players out on loan, Arsenal, etc. Like they just won't come up to Leeds, they'll go on loan to Luton or QPR or Fulham when they're in the Championship, because they can just stay in London then, and they don't have to like move up north and stuff, but... My main concern if we do go down is the fact that a lot of our individual players will move on, like Bamford, Phillips, Rafinha, Lorente, Koch, our keeper, will probably lose like 10 first-team players because they're all yeah. they're all slightly better than Championship, yeah. but probably yeah. not like doing well in the Premier League. But yeah. they'll just go back to Germany and Spain and France and stuff. Yeah, I, I just I, I feel quite sorry for Leeds because I, I like Leeds. I've got a mate, Neil, and... Uh, He's a Leeds fan who lives in the village. And, you know, it was great to see him smiling and dancing when they were coming up. And it's like, he's like, <laughs> he just yeah. can't believe it. The day like, we got, the day we got promoted. Leeds. I like Leeds. I went up Leeds once with my mate. And the lad who I do the, the uh, podcast with, the two black lads, I went up there with one of them. And um, he loves it. He's a Leeds fan. And he's, he's gutted. He drives a lorry and he's going, oh, Dave, Leeds are lost again, mate. <laughs> yeah, it is very depressing for sure. So I thought we'd switch it up, maybe a couple little quick fire, like fun YouTube style questions. Just wondered what's, out of all the reviews you've done, is there any that have like stood out to you? Like you've got a product, it could be food, it could be a product in itself as actually like amazing, like you weren't expecting it to be too good and then it was really good in the end. Um, One of the... <laughs> In fact, me and the wife were watching it the other night. Um, have you seen these veneers that people are buying? Where they, it's like a gum shield. You, you yeah. bite onto this thing, you bit it around your teeth, and then you stick these veneers to it. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it gives you a pearly white smile, uh, smile. I mean, I think for 34, uh, for 54, uh, 53, I don't think my teeth are that bad. So anyway, I tried this thing. And... Um, I just look like Austin Powers. <laughs> so if you look up if you look at my veneers video, I was expecting great things and it was rubbish. So oh, that is probably one that sticks in my mind. Yeah. Is there any of the opposite way around then that are really good that you expected to be rubbish? Um I don't honestly I, do you know what mate? I can't remember. Like people will come up to me and they'll say, I love that video and I'm thinking what video is that I've done, I mean I think I've done about 1500 videos now bloody and, hell um, quite the catalogue I don't know then. I think if, if you're talking like that I think if you've done about videos that, or, that I'm proud of I think my 35k debt video is the one that I'm the most proud of so yeah, I know there's lots of positive feedback on that. And I think you've spoken in the past as well, saying you've received some messages and stuff about that helping people, which is in a like it's just something really good to promote on your own platform. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know as well, I actually really enjoyed, I, you did a review of the Bud Light a few weeks ago. Oh. And I, know, <laughs> I know you really weren't a fan of that, but it entertained me at least. It was awful. Absolute awful, mate. I can't believe you associated yourself with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. It's funny. I've actually just put, um, for the weekend, I've just got a, a, a cider in for the first time. I'm trying that. I know you were quite what, a big that fan What, that orchard pig? Yeah. Oh, that is, do you know what? That is really, really good. Really, yeah. really good. For a, for your first cider that you lot have done, You've, you've I, I don't think you could beat it. It, yeah, it is really, stuff. really good. Yeah, I'm excited to try it. In general, what's your favourite, like, beer or lager? Do you, show, do you yeah. have one, or is it just, like, a bit more general? I'm a funny old boy. I like a cider in the summer, and I like a Guinness in the winter, but I'll also drink a lot of lagers. So, Do you ever, do you ever just, find yourself... Uh... Oh, no, go on. Sorry, go on. Sorry, mate. I just started drinking Madrid. They've actually got it in our working men's club. And, oh yeah, uh, that's the new craze, isn't it? I've not tried it yet. Mm. Everyone's loving yeah, no, it. Yeah, no, I haven't gotten to it yet. I tell you what it is. It's just a, it's just a no frills, simple lager, and I think that's what people like. It's like your Stella Unfiltered. That is absolute. You've done well to get that, mate. That is <laughs> yeah, it's class, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Cakes of that, really, really good. Is what were you gonna ask? Sorry, oh, no, I was gonna say, do you ever do you ever find yourself um, drinking any spirits or any any other forms of alcohol, or is it mainly just your beers and your lagers that you sip? I'll drink anything, anything, mate. I'll oh, drink right, anything. Yeah. When I was when I was a youngster, uh, you know, when I was 18, 19, we used to go around the village and we'd start at something like five in the afternoon, and then we'd just go around, and then we'd always get to our last pub at uh, ten to eleven, and I'd get a glass, and I'd say, one of them, one of them. One of them, and I'd stick a baby sham in it, and a blue Caracas, and uh, I'd just drink that as my last drink. So I'll, I'll drink anything, mate. <laughs> what 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 uh, name? What name would you give that it's drink? Not clever, but yeah. I was fortunate with the fact that when I was brought up as a kid, um, we used to go to another working men's club in Colville, which was a mining place, and my uncles would make me not make me, but they'd make me drink a beer at the age of 10, 11, 12. And like, they'd say, you drink this now and you'll get used to it when you're 18. And fortunately, it was good. <laughs> I'm not saying do it, but they did acclimatise me gradually to drinking beer. And the first worst thing you do is when you're 18 is they come out, get absolutely hammered, lose all control of yourself and get lost. <laughs> Yeah, that does happen quite regularly. Tim, I know you were going to ask. Do you know that drink that you'd created, that you'd con concocted? Was there a nickname for that by any chance? I know I hear things in Leeds where people like will have loads of mixed drinks together and they've come up with a weird nickname for it. Or did you just say, I'll have a bit of that and then uh, it, it, was. it was never the same every weekend. As long as it had a baby sham and a blue Caracas in it at the end, I was okay. But it probably like wanted like a whiskey or a gin or whatever. And it, it was never the same every week, so... Yeah, that sounds like a dangerous game for sure. The Dave special. <laughs> yeah, the, the Dave special. I know you've um, you've travelled around the UK a fair bit as well in recent months particularly and, and tried a, a fair different places and stuff. Where's some of the maybe hidden gems in the UK, some beautiful spots or some cities that people wouldn't think to go to that maybe you've been to and thought were actually really nice and worth a visit? We went um, a few years ago, we went to Framlingham. Uh, Saxmunden, I can't remember if that's Saxmunden, um, where Ed Sheeran's from. 
Right. You know that castle on the hill mm-hmm. that yeah. he sings about? Well, that is Framlingham Castle. And um, my daughter says, you do know this is where Ed Sheeran sings? I went, no. She goes, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, if you, if you don't, if you want to go somewhere that's not really known about, just go to Framlingham Castle. It is an absolute delightful little area around there. These windmills and decent little pubs. It's brilliant. No, that sounds beautiful. Have you still got the camper? I, I know you you did one of them up at one point. Uh, we have still got the camper, but I'm looking to sell it because um, I've got something else, like I said at the start of the video. Um, there is something else happening in my life, and I can't really spend any time on the camper. We ain't going to get a go away in it. Uh, so we are actually looking to sell it um, soon, uh, which is a shame, really, because we never got the full potential out of it, apart from this brand deal. Uh, yeah, my true. mate borrowed it. Uh, he went up to Scotland in it, and the uh, leaf springs broke. So he's come all the way back from Scotland on the back of a lorry. Oh, nice one. Nice <laughs> Not what one. you need. Yeah, that's super unlucky. Anyway, I think we can probably about wrap this up, unless you have anything else to ask, Tim. Good. No, well, thank you so much for joining, Dave. Massively appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll speak again at some point soon. Thank you yes, very much. Mate, if you want to do this again, just ask, mate. I'm always happy to help you, mate. You help me out, so I'll help you out. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% we will at some point.